Good evening, all you creatures of the night. Tonight, we take you to the sleepy town of Woodsboro, a quiet town where everyone knows their neighbor. You're woken to the sound of a telephone. You answer. You're not sure of the caller, so you hang up. The phone rings again. You pick up. You better not hang up, because it's the last person you're going to see alive. There's a killer in the midst. We've seen a few too many scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie? Suddenly nobody is safe. As the psychopath stalks victims, taunts them with trivia questions, then rips them to bloody shreds. It could be anybody. Everyone's a suspect. This is It Records. Hello everyone. I'm one of your hosts for this week. As always, I'm Matt Johnson, joined by my co-host... Peter Hansen. There's always a formula. <laughs> uh, I wanted to scream. Oh, no pun intended. I wanted to scream it like Randy when I said, "Everyone's a suspect." Well, I think that's from Scream Two, maybe. Oh, that's from this. That's, that's from this one. With, with that being said, everyone, we watched Scream this week. If you didn't pick that up, the 1996 <laughs> cult classic meta horror by director Wes Craven. Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules. That one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, this me. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say I'll be right back. Cause you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who do we make the rules? The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night and save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! You're not scared, are you? Scream. Would you say cult classic? I would say. I, I guess it has a lot of critical and uh, box office commercial. success and commercial yeah. success. But it, it has its little niche or niche, however you want to pronounce it, of cinephile I lovers. I feel like it has a, a big enough draw because I feel like it's like the go-to slasher for, um, I feel like, people our age. The millennials? Compared to, yeah, like, the, Halloween for the baby boomers? Yeah. I would agree with that. That's a good that's a good comparison. But before we go in too deep with Scream this week, I'm going to throw it over to uh, 
to co-host Peter Hansen. You got a creepy headline for us, Pete? I'd love to hear. Uh, yeah, yes, I do. Um, it is about the Gainesville Ripper. Gainesville Ripper? What's that, Pete? <laughs> well, he murdered five students in Florida, Ooh. later confessed to raping several of his victims, committing an additional triple homicide in Louisiana and attempting to murder his father Jeez. in May 1990. And Tolo Rowling confessed to killing eight people, and he was sentenced to death for the murders in 1994. He was executed by lethal injection in 2006. Shall I continue? Yes, please. I mean, would you say there's some connection between this creepy headline and maybe a Weinstein production in 1996? Uh, I believe there is. No. Okay. All right. I'd love to hear it. (laughs) But there's got to be a story first because it's quite a little chunk in Wikipedia explaining about his serial killings. Oh, man. It's rough. (sighs) So here we go. (laughs) It's rough. All right. So uh, Rowling is his name. Murdered five students. Excuse me. One of them from Santa Fe College and four of them from University of Florida during a burglary and a robbery spree in Gainesville. He mutilated his victims, decapitating one. He then posed them, sometimes using mirrors to increase the sense of carnage. The first attack happened in early August. He broke into an apartment, um, finding someone asleep. He stood over briefly, not to wake her up, choosing his head to explore the upstairs bedroom where someone was sleeping. Deciding he would return to rape uh, someone afterwards, he then proceeded upstairs and murdered Larson, as uh, one of the students murdered and uh, raped, I believe. Uh, first taping her mouth shut to stifle her screams and then stabbing her to death. She died while trying to fend him off. Rowling then went back downstairs tape Powell's mouth, the other student, and her wrist um, together beyond her back and threatened her with a knife as he cut her clothes off. He then raped her and forced her face down onto the floor where he stabbed her five times in the back. Rowling posed the bodies in sexual productive positions and left the apartment. Oh, man. Um, that's only two of them. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying, man. It's I, I was reading up on it, and it's it's grisly. Grizzly. Um. Yeah. I don't think. I don't know if I want to. The people get the gist. I think of. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't good. It was pretty horrific, basically. But uh, so Rowling was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, and paraphilia, mm-hmm. which I am not entirely sure what that is. I d- is that? I don't know either. No. What is? What is that? I'm gonna look it up. Oh, it's experience of intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, fetishes, situation, and fantasies or behaviors of individuals. Okay. Oh, that's that's weird. Well, there's a weird man. So, sure. obviously, the the intense of the intensity of the murders was. It's pretty nationwide news. It was. People were aware of the case, right? Yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, I was very young at the time, so early nineties, right? I don't. I yeah, it was. Uh, I think you know, 
Actually, I don't even think I was alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the first attack was 1990. Yeah. And I think he didn't get arrested till like 94, I believe I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah, he was sentenced to death for murders in 1994, so that's when he was tried. But he wasn't executed until 2006. Yeah. So he's on death row for quite some time. Okay. Jeez. And so that's the Gainesville Ripper. 1994, he's caught. How does this correlate, Pete, to our podcast tonight? Well, I could safe to say that, you know, the screenwriter took some inspirations from this. Yeah. They make killers more creative, obviously. <laughs> yeah. As Billy Loomis would say, movies make psychos more creative, movies don't yeah. make psychos. But that's what I read as well. That Kevin Williamson, who is the writer of all three screen, all four screen movies, we'll get to the I guess the sequels later. Um, but the writer of the screen movies was penniless, about to, I mean, check to check, trying to pay his bills and live in his apartment, um, hunkered down in three days, wrote the screenplay for Scream based on the Gainesville Ripper murders. And from there, it went into a bidding war, and we have. What we were talking about tonight, the 1996 film Scream. You're telling me he wrote this in three fucking days? Three days. Um, he, I, that's what he's reading. He, like, hold himself up. Um, he wrote, like, two five-page treatments for it um, so that he could, you know, I mean, sell it better, pitch it better, instead of them reading the whole script. Um, and originally, people weren't too uh, on board for it. They weren't too uh, uh, ready to bid and buy it. Um, from the start, basically because of the, I, I mean, I think the case that was going on, the Gainesville murder case, and all the teenagers that were involved, they didn't want to um, cause any sort of panic or really associate backlash. Backlash, or probably. Yeah, um, but eventually they got um, the backing from Dimension Films, which is a part of the Weinstein Company, the Weinstein Brothers, um, to sort of give them give them a chance, and. Buy the script and then sort of option it out to see who would want to direct it and who would want to uh, star in it. I'm surprised uh, New Line didn't uh, work with, I guess, actually, no, I guess Craven wasn't attached to it at the time. No. Mm-mm. As uh, you formed me, informed me earlier, mm-hmm. um, do you want to get into that right now or do you want to wait on that for a little bit? No, sure. I mean, I think we can do it now. I mean, we're in a pretty good spot. Basically, I think what you were alluding to is – um, Craven was approached to do this film, um, Scary Movie at the time, was the original working title before it was changed to Scream um, later on in production. Uh, and he didn't want to do it. He passed on Scream. He actually said he wanted to get out of horror. He was l- working on the remake to The Haunting at the time and said that was going to be his last one. And he passed. Yeah. Where then they also, do you want to go into the other people that they uh, they looked at? Yeah, I yeah. want to hear some. I want to hear some name dropping. Yeah, the people who were originally tagged to it with the Weinstein Company before Craven was Rodriguez, Danny Boyle, uh, Romero, and Sam Raimi were the four that were. Um, I mean, going to work on it. That's a young Danny Boyle, if I'm. No, I think that's you're... before, before anything, he, um, he did really. Well, maybe not. Uh, 
I think so, actually, 96. I was thinking train spotting was probably... Train spotting, was, yeah, that, around that time, but, you know... Later, Probably, you know, it would have been, like, a second or third movie if he was able to direct it. Yeah, but he was on, on board for it, as well as the, when the bidding war started and people wanted to buy it, Oliver Stone was uh, in the running, wanted to buy it out, outright himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was going to happen. May, somehow make it about... Charlie Sheen. It, it, it'd have a lot more political commentary <laughs> to it, which this film does, but it'd be a lot more like on the nose than meta and, and comedic. It'd be a lot more serious, I think. Um, yeah. I don't even know why I said Charlie Sheen. He's only in one Oliver Stone movie. <laughs> oh, he's in two, isn't he? Right, which one are you think? Oh, wait. I think he's in. Pl- I'm th- he's in Platoon, but is it? Did he do uh, Wall Street? Wall Street, yeah. Well? He's yeah, in Wall Street. You're good. Platoon. Yeah. Two. <laughs> Stone's biggest ones, yeah. She was in them. That's a good reference. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> it passed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder, like, what was Craven's thinking that he wasn't... Because he did horror. I mean, I always assumed that Craven had a really big influence in the Scream series because, mm-hmm. I mean, he probably did because he directed it but i don't know for some reason i never really thought as anyone else for the writer besides craven you don't think of kevin williamson yeah i you know i always forget you know that's my bad you know apologies to him that sorry I could, kevin. I just, it is really yeah it really feels like a you know craven you know i feel like he really put a lot into this movie but you know he wasn't even attached to it from the beginning so Maybe it was more so of some other people involved than I'm getting them credit for. No, I think that's a good point. I feel like when people think of this series, Craven is, I mean, you think of Wes Craven. Like, similar to how you think of Nightmare on Elm Street, you think Wes Craven. Like, he was behind this. This was his baby. Um, But he passed on it, came back to him after he said, I'm not going to do The Haunting, and Drew Barrymore signed on for Scream, that he uh, jumped on board. But... Um, I don't think you're wrong in assuming that he had a lot to do with it because um, he he helped change the title over to Scream um, from Scary Movie with Kevin Williamson, and he helped do a lot of the rewrites with Kevin Williamson, um, certain scenes that Kevin wanted to cut for lack of story. He helped write. So he was there um, helping rewrite the script. Um, he found the ghost face mask um, and wanted that to be what the, uh, the killer was going to wear. He had that design. Um, he had he wanted he made sure that Nev Campbell was Sidney Prescott. He wanted her to be Sidney Prescott. So he had some pull in it. He didn't write the script entirely, but I think he did a lot of work with it. Yeah, like creative uh, input yeah. into the movie. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of those. Uh, we can I think we can hit it on now. Um, meta screams meta. A lot of the allusions it hits to old horror movies and horror tropes was what makes it enjoyable, um, entertaining. Craven had a lot to do with that, I think. Yeah, that's why I, I got that vibe too. That, I mean, here's someone who's been, you know, in the business for like 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. able to dissect the genre pretty well. And it's pretty early for meta. You know, meta horror is not really a thing. I would posit it didn't exist before, or at least the caliber of Scream before Scream, I would posit. No, there's only like. There's only one movie I could think of right now. There might be 
another one, but uh, there's this movie called Student Bodies. Mm-hmm. Came out in the eighties. It's not very good, but it's you know it's a very you know it came out like two years after like you know all the slasher. It, like they thought the slasher genre was about to die, so they finally spoofed it mm-hmm. in like I want to say eighty five or something. Yeah. Um and they were like really on the nose with everything. Like they mm-hmm. had like print come on the screen. They're like, they left the door unlocked or I don't know. They just did a lot of okay. stuff like that. And it really, it like it, it felt like a mixture of like scream and scary movie, which yeah. is funny. That was screams, uh, first title. Yeah. That's why they chose to do that for the parody movie. It's cause that was the original title. Yeah. Scary movie. It felt like a combination of both those movies mm-hmm. And I was like, and this came out before them. And I was like, this is weird. (laughs) And I think what the difference is, if that came out before, I think maybe similar movies have like that, is the difference is a subtlety. And I wrote about it in my recent blog about the Burbs. If you want to check it out online. Is that more falls on the line of like slapstick horror compared to meta horror? It talks about the tropes, but it's more making fun of parodying what horror is and kind of and isn't really as terrifying as it is funny does that make sense where i think scream yeah they talk about all those tropes and those elements and they refer to old horror movies but essentially it's still a scary gory terrifying movie yeah um even fright night could be categorized like that for vampire films but it's that does a pretty good job yeah, the, I, even that, it, it like wasn't. I feel like even Friday Night wasn't quite meta enough. Sure. To, to like, but there there was some kind of that kind of mentality. I think. Yeah, they were trying for that, which I think falls more to like slapstick than like Reanimator is like that too. It's not really too, yeah. too meta, but it, they're kind of making fun of these things that are seen in these types of movies. With that, Pete. Um, I think it's interesting if we could go back and forth right now. We've said it's really meta, talks about horror tropes, but also movies. If we could go back and forth of all the movies we think they alluded to during this film. Oh, man. I mean, it's a lot. I should have I wrote them down because I was just like, my God, they're, they're saying so much. I know. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, from the first scene, um, Halloween... Yeah. Um, and Friday the 13th with Ghostface in the trivia. Uh, so I got the town that dreaded sundown, mm-hmm. you know, um, prom night. <laughs> prom night. <laughs> they mentioned quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, God. Nightmare on Elm Street um, with the, yeah. the janitor wears Freddy's uh, yep. sweater. Um, I think. Is that the one with his knives have fingers? Oh, that's. As an... Drew, Drew Barrymore puts it. Yeah. I forgot that was in the <laughs> very the, beginning. <laughs> the sequel sucked, which is. Uh, I was like, okay, Craven, I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Because he, he wrote and he didn't get like creative rights for this, the sequels, right? Except until uh, A New Nightmare. He, he produced a third one, I want to say. Okay. Um, And then he came back for New Nightmare, yeah. which was another meta movie but with oh, Freddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a whole that's another a... <laughs> meta. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um but while we're talking about movies they allude to, um Halloween, 
for inspiration for this film, Kevin Williamson in the three days that he wrote it, um, listened nonstop to the score for Halloween. I think that's why it's in the first scene, and they reference it throughout the movie. That's why they're watching Halloween in the party scene. Yeah. It's because he's listening to the score the whole time writing. <laughs> There's also Psycho. We forgot they mentioned Psycho. Psycho. Uh, Billy Bates. Loomis, he just goes, he's like, does, he's like, we all go a little mad sometimes. Norman Bates, Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> he he like tags it. Is... He cites it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think... Um, we can go on forever with this, but when a stranger calls, I think can be added into it. Just the idea. Oh yeah. Um, even the opening scene. Um, well, uh, I spit on your grave very briefly. She goes, um, when Tatum's in the garage, she says, what is this? I spit on your something. She didn't say grave, oh, yeah. but she says, I'm like, Oh, I spit on your grave. That's totally a reference. To Yo, I forgot about that one. Yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, I Rose, for- Rose McGowan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, she, she, what was she? Uh, is craft or charmed? What was she on? She was in Charmed. Charmed. Okay. It was Nev Campbell who did Craft. Craft's a movie, isn't it? Not a show. Yeah. Yeah. Nev Campbell's actually in that movie. Yeah. That's right. I thought <laughs> Nev. That's, that's what I'm getting mixed up. Um. Who we haven't talked about at all. <laughs> no. Um. In this movie, but she. I know she had hesitations for it, reading into it, but Wes wanted her because of her role in Craft. But also mainly because she was in Party of Five at the time, that TV show. Remember that? And he thought she... I, I never watched it, but I've definitely heard uh, of Party of Five. My sister loved that show. My older sister, so I knew all. I knew all about Party of Five growing up. But yeah, he liked her because she seemed innocent, but yet she had she could portray. Um, and she was vulnerable and innocent, but she had some fight in her. She looked like she could exemplify those characters of Sidney Prescott, and then she signed on. I mean, I would say um, Nev Campbell plays one of the most heroine characters in a horror movie. I think I would agree with that. I mean, really, all you really got to... I mean, you could go back to Craven again with Nancy. Nancy's a pretty good one, too. Yeah. With uh, Heather Lettenkamp, or mm-hmm. I believe her name is. Yeah. Um. I mean, you could go to Jamie Lee with Halloween, but... Nev no. Campbell has a, a longer lifespan. Yeah, and she's really, I mean, that's true. She does have a longer lifespan. Still ongoing. Uh, hashtag Scream 5, maybe. Um, Appearance in TV show, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd agree with that. She's, and I also would add to that um, with what Scream does, how it was really, aware postmodern about the horror ideas of like don't say you'll be right back um the virgin always survives those sort of things um it it uses those in the film but it also it also flips them on its head which is why i think um it's interesting and why you're so drawn to sydney during those scenes where she basically she's on the phone with ghostface and she's like it's really demeaning to women that uh the big-breasted blonde woman who has to run upstairs um, when she could safely just go outside talking to Ghostface. Um, but then she does that. She does exactly that in the next scene. Yeah. She runs upstairs, but she has the ingenuity to get out of it by using her uh, computer to call 911. <laughs> Very strange way of calling 911. Yeah. With with that, real quick, if I could uh, play a clip for the viewers, listeners, listeners. Um, but it's, This is the scene where 
she's just got the phone with Ghostface, and Ghostface is in the house, house attacking Sydney for the first time, and she runs up the stairs. You can hear very subtly the Ghostface go, easy, easy. Um, you don't really hear it when you're watching it the first time, but there's an indication who the killer is. So I'd like to show that scene, Pete. Let's watch it. L- listen close, and guess who it is. Are you, uh, you going to tell me uh, whose voice I'm hearing? <laughs> nope. No, it's fine. Um, it's uh, it's Stu's, Matthew Lillard. Um, so if you've seen the movie, I hope I'm, I'm going to spoil here for a second. Uh, it's been out for 20, 20 year anniversary, f- right? This year. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. In December. I was going to say. Damn, beat me to it. I was going to go in December. That's This movie came out December 18th. Like. A few days before Christmas. That just baffles me. <laughs> it came out and uh, it didn't have a huge success at the box office um, right away, clearly, um, which I thought it was going to be a flop, the Weinsteins. But do you know, it was number two, what was above it, that opening week for it, Pete? I mean, you, you told me before. <laughs> I, I can't pretend like I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well... It was Beavis and Butthead. Um, uh, do America. <laughs> that beat it out, but then by word of mouth and critical praise, it basically skyrocketed, screamed it um, through the box office. That's why it's not really a cult, as you said earlier. It's had a lot of commercial success, over $173 million worldwide. I mean, they have a they have an MTV show now. I think it's safe to say that it's not a cult They classic. do, and in, in, in its, it's second it's, season... It's, yeah, and it's just a very well-renowned movie in the horror genre, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's adjusted for inflation, the number 20 highest-grossing horror movie of all time. I mean, Jaws, Exorcist, those are before it. You can guess that. But Scream 1, 2, and 3 still remain the three highest-grossing slasher films of all time by a far margin. Also, did you notice that uh, Sabretooth is in this movie. Leif Schreiber, or however the hell you say his name. Yeah, Leif Schreiber. Uh, pa, what? Cotton Weary. Cotton. Yeah, Cotton Weary. Who will make a bigger in, appearance in Scream Two. And three, yeah. <laughs> he makes a little appearance in three. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays Sabretooth in the X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. At least, um, you know, actually, he probably only played it in one movie. He put, yeah, because the, I don't think he's the origins. One. I think they took him out of. Uh no, not that one, the first X Men movie. Wait, like he was he that Sabretooth? Yeah, he was that Sabretooth. Because I know he played Sabretooth also then in the Wolverine uh, Origins Wait. one. Maybe he did do both. Now, now, now I'm second guessing uh, myself. He was also just in the Oscar winning Best Picture Spotlight as well. He's just all over the place already. <laughs> But that's weird that he got he got Scream pretty pretty young, you know. That's pretty early in his career, mm-hmm. and he's literally in Scream for the first one, 
it's like a, a quick little news brief. Oh, you're right. He only plays Sabretooth in the Origins movie. Okay. I thought he played him in the first one as well, but that's some other guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sabretooth was like a big prominent role in that in the first X-Men. But I, I, only, I only remembered Lee in the Origins because it was his face. Like, it could have been him behind all that yeah. makeup in the first one. I didn't know. But, uh... Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Maine is in the first one. And now we're... Sp- Who's also, okay, that's really weird because he plays Michael Myers in the remake of Halloween and Halloween 2. So that's really weird how that happened. <laughs> Connecting dots. <laughs> um, well, um, I was going to go into casting. But I think a point to address here is we've talked about how Scream is really meta in the sense that it talks about horror tropes and like alludes to old movies about don't yeah don't leave don't say you'll be right back and things like that which is funny because it it bends those um like sydney loses her virginity but she doesn't die in the film but it also holds to him but i think it goes even deeper than that in some levels with what he was trying to do um what wes was trying to do with i don't think kevin was when he wrote it was just the idea of blurring that idea of reality and cinema. Um, um, the pop culture junkies, the cinephiles, who he... It's a movie for them, and it's a movie about them. Like, Randy is a cinephile. He's the one who's telling you everything. And cinephiles like us, yeah. we like this movie because it talks about those things. Um, but then he makes the killers, these people that um, are having a hard time blurring the lines between, like what's happening in, in the movies. It, oh, it's not the movies that create psychos. It's, uh, it's uh, the movies just make us more creative. But, the, yeah. but they have all these plans, like from Psycho, Norman Bates. So I think it was kind of a satire piece of that where um, you just need to be aware of these things that are going on. Don't blur the line of pop culture with what is reality. I also like how um, there's kind of a callback to um, you know, bending the rules where they're like, it's millennial, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Oh, what Motives it? are incidental. Yeah. Motives are incidental. And then they say that in the end mm-hmm. and like, you're like, you're like, what if, and you're like, what if Hannibal Lecter, you know, they told you why he ate, mm-hmm. uh, people. It's better that you don't know. And then like five minutes later, you know, he has a motive. Yeah, he does have a motive. <laughs> because, uh, Nev Campbell's mom in the movie you know, sleeping around, and he blames her for uh, his mom leaving them. Yeah, because uh, Sidney Prescott's mom slept with Billy Loomis's dad, and so his mom left. Yeah. So that's why he goes on a killing spree, going to kill um, Sidney on the anniversary of his mother, her mother's death, which is another horror thing. There's an anniversary. That's why something happens. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th. Um, yeah, all those little things. Prom night. <laughs> I would say most slashers, there's an anniversary of something. Yeah, that's what brings <laughs> it up. But I was going to... 30 years ago today, the camp council went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was funny you brought that up, the millennial, um, there's no need for a motive. And I like that, but, they, but you said, oh, they do have a motive. 
I was doing my research and I found that that was like a really contemplated idea for a long time between Craven and Williamson and then the producers like the Weinstein Company and Dimension Films. Craven and Williamson wanted no motive. They thought, I mean, that's why they wrote the line, it's millennial, there's no need for a motive. Motives are incidental. But they were like, no, we can't, it's too like, that's too far, especially for teenagers. Um, they need to have some sort of drive. Um, we can't just have a movie where they're just on a killing spree with no motivation. We can't send that out to a mass audience. So that's why it ended up saying it was the maternal abandonment. It was originally written with no motive for Billy and Stu. Man, uh, for horror movies, I think no motives is usually better, as Billy Loomis states. But I think even though it was added later on, mm-hmm. It still works in the movie because mm-hmm. it breaks its it breaks its own rules that it creates. Boom! That's what the whole movie's doing anyway. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's excused. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it it does provide that sort of closure for the audience too, and uh, it's kind of a whodunit. Scream is like you know everyone's a suspect. You know it's somebody, so you want to know. And it's it's a group of friends. You know it's within the friends, so you kind of want to know what the. They also make some other characters pretty fucking suspicious too, like the principal, mm-hmm. you know, the Fonz, you know, he's yeah. kind of he's a little weird mm-hmm. and he's a little he's a little aggressive with some of the students too, and you're yeah. like, he could be a killer. Yeah, he could. <laughs> um The janitor dressed like Freddy Cougar, he could be a killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Let's see. Um I'm just looking at some notes here. Um a few things. I, I wanted to point this out, Pete, when I was going through my research, because I think you'd get a kick out of it. Um, but I was going through casting. And we kind of talked about Drew Barrymore signed on and Nev Campbell. But uh, originally, Barrymore signed on for Sydney. Some obligations came up. She couldn't do it. So they kept her in the opening scene. And then Nev Campbell became Sydney. That, I think, is more common knowledge. But just some people who um, auditioned for that for Sydney was Brittany Murphy and Reese Witherspoon. Um, but the best one that I liked was for, uh, was it Tate? I think it was Tatum, Tatum Riley, which is, uh, who, who was the actress? Rose McGowan. Yeah. Rebecca Gerhardt auditioned for that role. Ring any bells, Pete? Another horror movie that we have done on this podcast. Oh man. Is it, is it urban legend? It's urban legend. Yeah, not another Scream movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. Oh, God. She then she didn't make Tatum Riley, but she does have a role in Scream too. Her audition was so remember. good. I don't even. She was in Scream too. I, you know, there. I feel like there's a lot of hate and praise for Scream too. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. That's another, you know, I know we used to have, we haven't done it lately, but we used to have a segment for sequels Mm -hmm. and we would cover the whole, pretty much the whole series in one go. But Scream is definitely a series that I would like to do one-on-one because each one could be talked about in full. And Scream 2 is definitely one I really liked Mm -hmm. years ago. I haven't seen it. I've seen that one least, I think, because I think it's like not really on you know screen four is pretty recent so it's like more it's like on tv more and shit yeah 
Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, I, w- I was just going to go into a, a spiel about Scream 2 that you talked about, but I think it's best that we... Those are movies, as you said, we could do a whole podcast on our own about those. Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4. Because you could just talk about how ridiculous meta Scream 3 is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like... It's even more, it's way worse than one and two. It's like a, a triple layer. It's a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, just some things about, I kind of, uh, I don't want to go too thematic about, I kind of tend to think about reality and pop culture being meta with tropes. Um, a lot of media, I think, was meant to be poked fun at in this film. Uh, oh with, yeah, I mean they do it right with you know, was it Gail Weathers yeah. with Courtney mm-hmm. Cox, and then you just got how it's cutthroat they are, just like trying to get the story no matter what, no regards for yeah. human compassion whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was totally a critique of like the media of how it's it's meant to get the story. These these horrific things are going on in real life, um, but this is how they approach it. It's kind of like it's it's a reputation builder, sort of a. Because the OJ trial was just around this time too. Oh God, so much, mm. so much going yeah. on. <laughs> I think that was. A, I mean, clearly it's meta about media, but I think a lot of it was meant to be that kind of media, like the news as well as horror movies. But because the movie ends with Gail's monologue, like it's moving away from the house, and it's her talking about these horrific murders. Da 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 da. Come on, hurry up, give me my shot. This is the big one, and it's just her. Yeah, like that has to be something that they would they would keep all that in there. It's just her talking. It's not Sydney. It's her giving this spiel about how this is her big break, um, which comes into play in two and three and four. But I think that was another issue with Scream. Do you is there a death that is out of place for you? You know, trying yes. to bring it more. Um, <laughs> I, are you are you gonna bring up Rose McGowan's? No. Is that yours? Really? Go. Yeah, go. That's that's not mine pick, okay. but um, actually, I was really late in the game for watching Scream. Mm-hmm. I I think I saw Scream three first. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I I think I I want to say Scream three was the first one I saw, and I saw Scream one. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I'm I'm wrong. Scream one, Scream three, two, mm-hmm. four is what I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like a freshman in college, so you know. I was much into horror movies at this time, but, you know, never had owned Screamed or, you know, it's never really bothered renting it from Blockbuster because that was still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, And when I was watching it, I was watching with uh, my roommate and he loves, he loved Scream and he's like, oh, I don't like this death. This death is stupid. And it was Moses McGowan's death. Mm-hmm. Um, And... I didn't have a problem with it. It's just like it's just really ridiculous. Yeah, is what I would put it as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have a little a segue to that point, but my out of place death, I think, story wise, was the principles. Okay. It wasn't as I guess out of place as like ridiculous as Tatum's is or Rose McGowan's, um, with the the garage door, but. I don't think you had as much connection to uh, the pr- principal's character when he passes away. 
But that was that was placed in there because there were 30 minutes without a murder and they had to kill someone. That's why it was put in the movie. Anyway. Well, <laughs> he's basically, besides Drew Barrymore and her boyfriend, I think he's the only, you know, the deaths are like pretty focused around the friend group. Sure. And, you know, I guess you could kind of assume that they could have been in the friend group too. You don't really know. Mm-hmm. They're not... You know, probably not though. But um, you know, every every one of that friend group is taking some kind of damage. Mm-hmm. True. Um, Pete, if I may, going back to your comment about the Rose McGowan murder, um, out of place, as you said, um, it's interesting because it was filmed a little differently, but due to the initial MPAA rating, that scene had to be altered a bit. Because Scream was originally given an NC-17 rating, and they had to cut it back to R. Um, for instance, there were several. There was eight scenes in particular. They had to uh, they had to change. One was the gutting scene of Steve Orth at the beginning. Um, too much movement of internal organs. Uh, the throat cutting of Kenny. Um, and then Tatum Riley. Um, they had, they had a viewing of her getting her head crushed um, straight on in a close-up in that scene, but they had to remove that due to ratings. Yeah, that's quite a list. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Craven also lied to the MPAA. Uh, I don't know the whole story, but he said he had eight different shots of like the opening scene with Drew Barrymore and like her death scene where she's getting stabbed. Um, they're like, if you could cut this, that would help like reduce the rating. He said, yeah, I've got a bunch of different shots of that. And he didn't, apparently. And he just kept what he had. And it stayed in the movie. Yeah. He he must have tricked them that, you know, they watched it again. They're like, oh, this is... This is not as bad as the first yeah. time. Mm. I, yeah, you know, it's not as it's not as long. Yeah. You know, I, I totally. I'm see glad it. he changed that. <laughs> oh, that's good. But uh, you know, with that being said, I think uh, you know, we, we went a little different path talking about Scream. Really, you talked about the meta, but I think it's you know, it was a good topic to have, and mm-hmm. it's easily assumed that we both defend this. You know, mm-hmm. it's. You know, not not that hard to figure out, and uh, I don't know. If there's, is there a closing note you wanted to end on? Um, yeah, I think we hit everything. I mean, I, I would defend it. A, a few things I would just add so that we have it for our listeners on the podcast. Um, as little things, Roger L. Jackson. I don't think that name gets said enough. That's that's the voice of voice of Ghostface. Uh, for all four movies. Actors never met him, just over the phone. And that's his actual voice. Um, that's his actual yeah, voice? Yeah, they were going to change it, but Craven liked it the way that he just talked when he did the voice, like when he made up a voice. So, yeah, like coming through a phone, that's how it sounds. They were going to change it to something else, but they kept it. They never met, they've never met him on set. Um, as well as they never told him where... Ghostface was going to come out of when like they were in a house setting um, just to keep that level of surprise uh, for the actors 
and then caller IDs. This is some statistics I found. It went up threefold after the release of this movie for people. They went out and got caller IDs in 96 because of Scream. But then I, I will just defend it. I'll defend it, Pete, and I'll wrap this up. I think we've gone a little longer than we usually do. Um, but, you know, Scream, uh, I think it's great for slasher horror for horror as it is. Because, you know, it's not about the, the stake. It's about the sizzle, and that's what Scream does. Um, it, it revitalized horror at the time. I mean, Pete, it was dying out. There was a lot of sequels, a lot of directed videos. Um, that's why Craven was even wanting to get out of horror. He was finishing up with The Haunting, and it put a new face to horror. Um, it spawned a lot of sequels um, for Scream, but also like Urban Legends. I know you did last summer. It came out. It just uh, it brought a new face to horror, and, it, and it's still alive. So I think it it's a huge testament to Scream for what it did. So I defend it. Yeah, and that was a good point to make bring up because we didn't really say mm -hmm. that because. You know, like you said, you know, horror was in a really bad place, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I feel like there's a lot of like horror fans out there that would say that 90s horror isn't that bad. But, you know, I guess, you know, from a commercial standpoint, that's still true. Yeah. It is. There wasn't really any money makers is uh, probably what really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's true. It, it was it was bleeding the companies dry um, and this one changed it so hats off to scream um, I'll defend it and I think we'll wrap it up for here this week um, we'll probably do full episodes on the other screams at least two and three at some point um, yeah so check us out online um, we'll have blogs going up my latest ones on the burbs which we did uh, a few weeks back um, you know, let us know what you're thinking. Get on the forum. Tweet at us. Get on the Facebook. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. Suggest some movies for us. Yeah. So, we'll hopefully have a mini episode out soon. I'll get, get another one of those out. And, you know, with that, I think I remain in the shadows. I'm Matt Johnson. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> My name's Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a rosy air! Yeah.